And welcome to You Hear Me, a podcast devoted to young adult literature. My name is Alan Hoffman. And I'm Cody Hoffman. And today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. And I have to say before we start, second week in a row, the author has favorited the tweet about this podcast. <laughs> so you're feeling pretty good right now, aren't you? I would rather they retweet it because then we get more listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get what we get. Yeah, we'll take that. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, Jandy Nelson, if you listen to this, which you should, because uh, I will be tweeting that this episode came out, uh, <laughs> maybe give us a retweet so your followers can uh, listen to our podcast. Well, there you go. So, I'll Give You the Sun was uh, published in September 2014, and it deals with twins, Noah and Jude, and there's been a uh, falling out. We're not exactly sure at the beginning what has happened. We start with Noah and his story. And then in the next chapter, we go three years ahead and we get into Jude's story and we see that there's something that's happened between the twins and that all of a sudden their mother has died. Well, and we should probably say right now, if you haven't finished reading the book, you should because there's no way for us to discuss it without discussing the significant things that happen. So consider this your warning, your spoiler warning. <laughs> We're going to have to discuss about these significant events because, as Cody said, the mother dies. Mm-hmm. A very loving figure, at least when we meet her in, in Noah's chapters. We later find out there was a separation between mom and dad. In yes, the story. And an affair. An affair. And then, because there's a couple of things that happened. The book says, uh, it just says that, um, you know, I think it only refers to like one singular event. Um, but I think one of the other big things is uh, is that Jude gets into this really prestigious art school. And Noah, who is more of the artist, uh, does not. And so there's a lot of things that kind of pull Noah and Jude apart. Uh, they kind of take sides, I would say, between like mom and dad. Yes, yes. Uh, and so they, they, they go through that, you know, how they deal with that, and especially with there being a time skip, uh, is, is, I think is really interesting. Well, it all, I think, culminates. Everything works off of each other, and so you have to keep reading till the end to see how all of these little decisions that the twins make through each step, why those are important and the impact that they have. Yeah, one of the things that we talked about before we started recording was, uh, would this book have worked if Jude told the early years and Noah told the later years? And we said no, because there's a lot of like element of suspense um, that comes in. Like in the first Jude chapter, uh, she just kind of casually mentions that her mom had died, because that's kind of, I mean, it's happened about a year or two ago. So she's kind of on the road to recovery about that. But she drops it in. In Noah's chapter, we see this really loving family that's all together. Uh, and then, you know, Jude says, my mom died in the car accident. Uh, and so there's, you know, you kind of built up, you get really comfortable, I think, with the characters. And then Jude kind of drops the hammer. And that happens a couple of times, um, especially when we find out why Noah didn't get into that art school. Yeah, Jude turns into kind of a truth bomber, I guess, or a, just a revelations that she has. Um, The passage Alan's talking about is she's just sitting there at school and she's, I study the time on mom's old watch. She was wearing it when her car sailed off the cliff two years ago, killing her on impact as it ticks around my wrist. And that is 
the moment when we find out that this mother has died when in the previous chapter it's just been this huge I mean the mother is so loved and Noah just she can't do any wrong and she's the glue that holds the family together yeah and then and then later on um, we talked about this art school that uh, Noah in particular is really excited to get into uh, he he wants to get away from the toilet liquors as he calls them the kind of the other people um, Cody hates that expression. He says it way too often. <laughs> uh, and, and then we find out that uh, Jude, who was in charge of mailing in the applications, did not mail in Noah's. Uh, and I know we were reading it together, and you let out a loud gasp, and you were a little ahead of me, and so I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And, and so then when I got to it, I didn't gasp quite as loud, but I, I did gasp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's very startling revelations from Jude's standpoint, uh, and I I think we've seen you know novels like this before where it's a certain character and then the point of view switches to another one. I mean, Salt to the Sea was like that, but this one does it in a way that I, I haven't seen before with that time skip, and I think it works uh, really really well. It does, and we will talk about the formatting of the book later. But did you have any favorite parts, Alan? I actually read a reviewer who was kind of like me uh, when they were talking about I'll Give You the Sun, and they said, I stopped underlining my favorite passages because there were just so many of them. And uh, I was kind of the, the same way with this book. There's a lot of, of quotes that can stand out to you. But mine's from kind of later on in the book. Uh, and so basically what's happened is uh, Jude has taken up sculpting, and she needs to make this sculpture um, of her mom, but her practice sculpture is of her and Noah. And when she starts out, she's going to sculpt them so that they're together. I think like their arms are around each other, so they're they're Noah and Jude, one word. Uh, and so uh, this is on page three hundred and eight. I don't know the location. Cody has it on Kindle. Yeah, so. I have complaints on that. <laughs> but this is page three hundred and eight. Uh, and so she's going to take a, a saw to this stone to make it. She says, knowing I only have one shot to get it right with this tool, I wrap the cord around my shoulder, position the circular saw between Noah's shoulder and my own, and turn on the power. The tool roars to life. My whole body vibrates with electricity as I split the rock in two, so that Noah and Jude becomes Noah and Jude. You kill them, Guillermo says in disbelief. No, I saved them finally. Uh, and so she's, that's a kind of a point where she recognizes that they have to be their own people, but they can still be, you know, connected and together, but still be individuals. So I thought it was a really powerful metaphor. And I also realized as I read that, that if you didn't know that was stone, that passage would be really startling. Yes, it, it would be. I position the circular saw between them. Noah's shoulder and my own. Yes. Yeah, that's about stone, not actual people. Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. What were, uh, what were some of your favorite parts? <laughs> well, I had a couple quotes that I really liked. Uh, the first one is, this is what I want. And this is Jude talking. I want to grab my brother's hand and run back through time, losing years like coats, falling from our shoulders. And I think that's just beautiful imagery on her part. And you can totally envision that, just years falling off like coats. And another one that I really liked is, no one tells you how gone gone really is or how long it lasts and that's just dealing with um, the loss of both her grandmother and her mom and that was Jude as well. Yeah and I, I think a lot of the th things that I really like in this book too and I know Cody you were iffy on them 
But they both have kind of uh, little devices as you go through the book. And Noah's is, because he's a painter, and so he'll come up with these ideas for um, paintings. So like on page 88, uh, it says, This makes the ground tilt. He knew I was going to come even before he left his house. He knew and I knew. We both knew. Self-portrait. I'm standing on my own head. Uh, so that's kind of his little device. Uh, and I liked it because I could see like the pictures in my head and I could kind of feel how he was he was um, working. Um, but the device that Jude has are these kind of, they're referred to as Bible verses that her uh, grandma has. Her grandma has kind of this Bible, well, Bible in air quotes there, uh, that people can just write bits of advices in. Uh, and so she's, she's got um, a couple of ways to get rid of bad luck or unwanted love. And uh, so carrying a burnt candle stub will extinguish feelings of love should they arise. Soak a mirror in vinegar to deflect unwanted attention. To change the leanings of the heart, wear a wasp nest on the head. She does say she's not that desperate at that time, but she does have the mirror and vinegar and the burnt candle stub on her uh, when she's trying to ward off the attentions of a boy that she likes. Uh, and I, I thought that those little devices in there were a really interesting way to get into kind of their head a little bit and, and see them a little bit. But I know you were at least iffy on Noah's paintings. I was, and I don't know if that was just because I don't um, feel super artistic in any way. But I found myself now and then just kind of zoning out and not reading his. I would read probably most of Jude's because in some way they would come around again in her story, I felt like. But I felt with Noah's that it wasn't really a loss if I didn't sit and read what he's envisioning envisioning painting because he's constantly doing it and so I just got tired of that. So clearly I appreciated the book on a deeper level than you. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> we talked a little bit about the structure of the book. Uh, let's revisit that again. Uh, why does that, does it work for you and, and if so, why? I think it worked really well. I mean, it revealed the story, it kept up the suspense levels um, so that you weren't sure, I mean, you weren't sure what was going to happen and you knew you weren't going to figure it out until the end, what exactly happened when it all came together. And so I think choosing that format that she did worked really well in keeping the suspense and keeping us interested. And I think it was just something, it's something that's unique. I have, I have not seen it before. I've seen time skips, obviously, but I haven't seen a part Different of the story areas. is told in the past and then it goes to the well, I guess it'll be the present, and then it goes back to the past. Um, I haven't seen that before with the alternating characters, and so I thought it was really unique. I thought it was a, a, a really kind of an experimental thing that, that Jandy was doing. I can use her first name because she liked my tweets. Uh, I thought it was a really cool thing that she was doing uh, with her narrative, and I think it, it made it really interesting and engaging because it was different. Yeah, it was. And she did so well with the voice, on the character so that was definitely a strength for me just if you read a passage you would know immediately which twin was talking I feel like even if you just kind of grabbed random sentences out of there um, you could ask a student who would say this and then have them defend it and why and I think they could very easily do that and do a good job of supporting their reasons yeah and obviously the the time skip there helps uh, with a 13-year-old boy in Noah and then a 16-year-old girl in Jude. 
but yeah, very distinct voices mm-hmm. with with both of those characters, uh, very distinct personalities. Even though they're depicted as being you know really close and almost inseparable, they're still individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought she did a really nice job with that, and I also thought she did a good job of capturing the emotions of what it is to be a young adult. Definitely, especially I think with Noah, just the first um, first love, uh, he is falling in love with a boy who's visiting um, next door for the summer, and then again at Christmas time. And he, um, I mean, just the imagery and explosiveness of the feelings, you know that uh, this is first love, and it's very much a 13-year-old experiencing it, and it captures very well, I think, what how young adults feel and how it's just, it's the first love and only love that there is, and... Yeah, she did a good job capturing it. And I think on the flip side of that, you have Jude and how she deals with how that first love doesn't work out. Because uh, she has a boy a boy boycott, um, I believe is how she refers to it, uh, which I didn't realize was such the tongue twister until I just said it right now. Uh, but she has that because she has a very bad experience. Uh, she is raped, basically, um, at, with by her first, her first boyfriend. And she swears off boys. And, you know, her reasoning and her thought process as she goes through that I felt was very realistic. It was things that I would expect a character like that to think uh, and to do and to kind of how she kind of withdraws within herself. Uh, So I thought, you know, you have two very different characters. And I thought the experiences of being a young adult were really, really uh, summed up well by uh, Jandy Nelson. On the flip side... Uh, There are some criticisms that I have of the book, and I know you as well, Alan, because we've talked about them. Yeah, Jandy, we love you. Um, Skip, like, the next couple minutes of the podcast here. (laughs) Uh, One of the the criticisms that I had of the book was that there's a lot of, I call it, wish fulfillment uh, in the book. And for me, like, that means, like, the supporting characters are just there to help fulfill the wishes of the main characters. And so Noah is interested in... Uh, this boy, Brian. Uh, Brian is not out as a homosexual. He has not come out of the closet. Uh, and, in fact, tells Noah what will ha- what might happen if he's outed. You know, there's, there's talk of a lot of abuse on this baseball team and, you know, losing a scholarship, getting kicked out of school. And he says, I really need these things to happen. Uh, so, you know, don't tell anybody. Well, then they have kind of a a little bit of a fight or, you know, I can't really remember what happened. But Noah yells that he's gay to basically so everybody can hear it. Uh, And then and Brian has to kind of deal with the consequences of that. However, it works out. Brian goes back to his school. He comes out of the closet. He's accepted by the school and the team there. Uh, He's getting scholarship offers. And then at the end of the book, he gets back together with Noah. But there's never a discussion of, hey, I can't believe you did that to me. That is, that's just kind of forgiven and waved away. And to me, like, you know, I don't have a problem with them getting back together. But I, I don't see how Brian isn't like, well, we really need to talk about how you told everybody my news. Well, and we only really see, it's just a message that I'll be there. He'll meet him at that place, and we don't really know. We just have a feeling that things will be resolved, I guess. So, um, but I mean, it it opens it up, yeah, so that there is that wish fulfillment, because otherwise it could have been he just never replied, and Noah had to, you know, 
be heartbroken and get on with his life and recover and um, move on into high school. Well, and the other the other thing would be the um, I think it's Oscar is the character that Jude interacts with, and that's the the boy that she's trying to ward off that I talked about earlier. Uh, and he tells Jude this kind of heartbreaking story about how he was addicted to pills uh, and stuff like that. And at the end, he says, I've never told anybody that before. And I just don't think you open up to a 16-year-old girl like that. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't. I teach them. Uh, <laughs> so, no. I, I also don't have any secrets like that, too. So that might, might be it. But he even says, like, oh, I've never told anybody this story. And to me, that's a little bit of wish fulfillment for Jude of being like, I'm just this personality that people feel super comfortable with. Uh, and they, and I should add, they like literally just met like maybe a week. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, and maybe it's, I've read a lot of romance novels, but I think that's also a thing. I have not. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a device that is often used in romance novels, just that there's this instant attraction. And for some reason you can't even understand while you're telling somebody the things you're telling them and, oh, they must be meant to be together. And I mean, I just read a romance novel this weekend. So yeah, there's that element, but I it's not true life at all, I don't think. I still haven't told you all my secrets. Oh my, okay. And I never will. Well, I would like to talk about my criticism. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to talk about my secrets. No, I don't want to tell you my secrets either, if you're not going to share. Personal. <laughs> As a Gilmore Guys reference. Um, I want to talk about the end of the novel, because I felt like it could have uh, ended sooner. Um, once the twins kind of are reconciled and the dad is on his way and shows up kind of at the end, like, oh, I saw you guys heading into the woods and he follows him in there. I felt like there, that should have been the end because it keeps rolling on. It talks about the Brian situation. It even pulls in, um, Oscar and makes things kind of complicated for some reason. And then, but, oh, never mind. It doesn't matter that I'm three years older than you. We're going to get together anyway. And so it's like, why even throw that obstacle in there? And then the houseboat just drove me crazy. I did not understand. The dad just seemed like three different people to me. And at the very end, I didn't recognize who he was. I could understand why he had changed from the beginning, where he was big and strong and, you know, how Noah had viewed him. And I understand why he looked small and everything when Jude saw him. But I... I didn't understand this houseboat dad. It did not make sense to me. Yeah, I, the the ending was, I mean, it, it was a lot of like tying things up together in, in a neat little bow. The wish fulfillment. The wish him. fulfillment. And I mean, I'm not saying that I wanted there to be a bittersweet ending. Uh, I just, the way that she got there, I thought, you know, it left a little something to be desired. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, did not get wish fulfillment, I guess, is a way of putting it. I just, it could have ended sooner for me. It could have ended sooner. Yeah, so. there's there's nothing wrong with an ambiguous ending. No. Why might run, young readers like this book, Alan? Well, I think one of the things that we talked about with why a young reader might like this is because it does capture those emotions of being a young adult with first love and feeling things so um, passionately. Uh, I think Noah, you know talks about how, uh, you know, there's like fire, he sees fireworks, um, or he feels electric sparks when he's with Brian. And I, I think it, I think that's accurate. You know, I can remember when I was, you know, that age. And when you have those feelings for someone, or you enter a relationship, it does feel strongly like that. And, and you can see how it's like, no love is ever going to be like ours. It's so intense. 
so I think she does a, a really nice job of capturing that. I also think that if you have a reader in your classroom that is more into realistic fiction, um, they'd like this. Some of those kids, like, they don't like Divergent or The Hunger Games. So they're like, well, the this dystopian. would never happen. This is stupid. But I think this is a very, I think while there's kind of, it's, I would call this almost magical realism, but I think it's very, very realistic, and it's something that a lot of readers could connect to in that way. Yeah, there is the element of she sees and hears her grandma and her mom at some points. So I, I can see the magical realism in that. I think young readers would like this book um, because it not only makes them feel strong emotions and sadness at, you know, loss of family members and siblings and your family being torn up, but there's also humorous elements. Um, Jude has a lot of funny things because she is taking this this Bible her grandma has and she's walking around with an onion in her pocket and she goes into places and she's like, oh, there's a kitchen to my right teeming with botulism. And I just, that was hilarious. So. Yeah, I, I did like Jude's uh, obsession with disease and viruses. Uh, you know, cats are terrible because they'll give you yes. diseases. Uh, so she, I thought that was pretty humorous on Jude's part. Mm -hmm. So it's... It's a nice read. There's the suspenses carried through until the end. Um, so I think readers would like that as well. Should we do some journal prompts? Yeah. Uh, so the first one that I kind of um, was thinking about is that we come into the story, in Noah's story anyway, where the grandmother has kind of recently died. And in some ways it seemed like the grandmother might have been the glue holding the family together because she was the dad's mom but she seemed to be on really good terms with her daughter-in-law, with the mom. And so um, she seemed like the glue holding the family together. Once she's gone, things start to come apart, like the parents' marriage and even Noah and Jude. So what are the roles your family members play in your life, and who is your glue and why? Cagney, our cat. Oh, I we miss can't, our Cagney. We can't have our cat, so <laughs> that was the glue that was holding us together. Well, apparently you're keeping secrets from this me, podcast so we is, need to talk. This podcast is all we have. <laughs> How please, about the second one? Please Alan? like and subscribe us on iTunes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the second one that we came up with is how is art a character in the novel? Uh, there is painting, drawing, sculpting, carving, sand sculptures. I mean, just about every kind of art is in there. So how is art a character in this novel? And in what ways are you or your students an artist? Uh, so that could be something that, that they look at, too. Uh, something that they could also do, I just did this with my uh, sophomores with Lord of the Flies. I had them design a cover. So you could even say, be an artist and design a cover of I'll Give You the Sun. I like that idea. Uh, one more journal prompt. Noah and Jude both end up hurting each other and others in their paths. How are they, quote, very powerful like gods, as Guillermo Garcia calls them, versus the minor characters? And I think that's where you could get into how do we know that Noah and Jude are the main characters and as you said they're gods. So if we go back to that whole thing about wish fulfillment, yep. that might play into it. So Great. man, we're smart. <laughs> well, if you enjoyed, uh, I'll give you the sun, which we definitely did. Uh, here are some book options that you might be interested in checking out. The Sky is Everywhere by Jandy Nelson. It's another book by the same author. Uh, there's also All the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven and The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chbosky. Yeah, I really love Perks of Being a Wallflower, and that's one that we should probably do sometime. 
because uh, that's there's a lot that we can discuss with that one. But um, I think uh, that was the one that I suggested for for if you liked this book, um, read Perks of Being a Wallflower. I think there's a lot of similarities with LGBT issues mm -hmm. um, in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I think there's also a little bit of magical realism, just kind of a little bit, not so much probably in Perks, uh, but it, there's a little element there. And I just think uh, the writing style uh, with there kind of being a secret in that book uh, is, is really good. If you haven't read it, uh, the secret's hard to hard to parse out, um, but uh, read closely, you'll find it. So I'm going to rate this book, and we did it out of five last time, right? Yeah, out of five. All right, so I'm going to give it a 3.5. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four out of five stone sculptures. I am going to write it for rate it. There we go. I'm going to rate it four out of five oranges because if a boy ah. gives a girl an orange, his love for her multiplies. Okay. And I feel after saying that I am holding secrets, I should go get you a big sack of oranges. Yeah, there's some in the fridge, so I'm good. I'm gonna go give you one as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> um. Well, in a couple weeks, we're going to move on to our next book, I Am Malala, How One Girl Stood Up for Education and Changed the World, the Young Readers Edition, by M Malala Yousafzai, I hope I said that right, and Patricia McCormick. And then after that, we're going to read An Ember in the Ashes by Sabah Tahir. Uh, and I've had a couple of kids that have read that, and they have really enjoyed that one. So uh, that will be a, a really fun read. So those are the next two books um, that we're going to be uh, discussing here on the podcast. Yeah, if you want to contact us, we're on facebook.com slash show. We're also at Twitter at show, And our email is show at gmail.com. And you can also go to yehearmeshow.blogspot.com where obviously this episode will be. We don't have any links to throw your way this time, but if we ever do, they'll be up uh, there as well. Uh, you can go to uh, that site, by the way, find our previous episodes and find the links that we've mentioned in that in that in the episodes. And take a look at some of our older episodes if this is your first one. Yeah, you can do that. So a couple of thank yous to throw your way. Our theme music is Overthrown by Josh Woodward, and you can find more of his work at joshwoodward.com. And our cover art is done by Justin Davis. So that's going to put a wrap on this episode of You Hear Me Show. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe to us on iTunes and don't forget to write in we do really want to hear from you guys uh, and we'll talk to you guys in two weeks with I Am Malala <laughs>